do you think that'll be all right just just hidden in the bush there or, or should we should we bury them with the other stuff on top uh, what are you, what are you, oh what ho podcast pals didn't hear you there i was uh, too busy constructing a fictional scenario for you to discover arkham and myself in it's, it's a little bit more meta than Discontent Provider usually gets, I suppose. But uh, a chap likes to shake things up once in a while, intro-wise, don't you know? Uh, the idea of us secreting a cache of mysterious objects in our hidden rural lair is a damnably handy and versatile premise, of course. It could allude in to some sort of uh, preparation for a private walker-style black market speculation in the event of the whole European war against Russia that we're currently assured is all but inevitable. It could relate to us uh, stashing away a few fake passports, bundles of cash and disguise kits in order to flee the country upon the outbreak of the wholesale European war against Russia we're currently assured is all but inevitable. Or it could be a trenchant spot of social commentary, whereby we're disposing of some zombie knives and machetes that have just been made finally illegal, even though their handles don't bear any violent images. My gosh and giddy gumdrops, but that was a nice distinction, was it not, cats and kittens? Still, it can't be easy for the government to balance the interests of the small independent retailer with public safety concerns. So I suppose permitting the sale of fucking great blades bedecked with additional hooks, gouges and spiky bits that don't, didn't explicitly advocate or glorify violence was a fair enough compromise to, yeah. No longer, however, to paraphrase the vote-winning soundbite of the late Tony Blair, alright, he's not literally late, but he's been looking like one of the undead for ages, uh, the Tories have decided that being tough on crime, tough on the aesthetics of crime, simply won't do. Marvellous stuff, that low-hanging election-year fruit, don't you think? Enough of that, though. As I leave the world's greatest lurcher to dig yet another shallow hole for our ill-defised uh, episode-framing MacGuffin, this talk of bladed weapons sadly reminds me of one of the week's nastier and more tragic stories. And given the week our weary, wicked world's been having, that's saying something, eh, what? I'm speaking, of course, of the committing to a secure psychiatric hospital, almost certainly for life, of Valdo Calacane, uh, following his schizophrenic frenzy that left three people dead and a further three with life-changing injuries. Uh, the shock, horror and outrage experienced by the bereaved families and friends of Calacane victims have been as heartbreaking and haunting as they have been justifiable, and their assertion that their loved ones' lives were brutally ended as a result of massive institutional failure seems hard to refute from any angle. Indeed, so hard to refute that the representatives of law and care agencies who have commented on the case haven't even tried. You know how it goes, as a rule. Even when an official body makes an apology, it is generally larded with a few weasel words of self-justification, the odd mealy-mouthed attempt to shove some of the blame towards another official body, or a pitiable little rider along the lines of oh, Don't forget though, this is just an isolated incident and, and we haven't royally fucked up the most basic and elementary aspects of our job for almost a month. None of that today, however, and rightly so. There seems little point in going over the failings here. The media is already pretty much rigid with furiously pointing fingers, many wielded by those with their own agenda, and I really don't feel that I can bring anything of particular merit to the table. 
third bloke was clearly deranged, uh, dangerously unhinged, and the escalating nature of his behaviour warranted something a little more forceful in terms of supervision than a special BFF promise that he'd take his tablets in future. Uh, while I prefer to take a more nuanced approach, it appears that there's absolutely nothing more to be said than that. And as the inquiries and investigations into exactly who was asleep at which switches rolls on, let the chips fall where they may. I'm equally appreciative of the fact that the family members who have complained that they were not made aware that lifetime commitment to a booby hatch with barred windows, as opposed to a lifetime of slopping out and skilly, was on the cards, have a valid point of view. The process, apparently... Uh, required legally that they were fully apprised of all likely outcomes and the fact that their loved one's killer wasn't going to spend the rest of his natural in HMP wherever the fuck must have come as something of a fearful blow. I'm not arguing that there's too much of a case to be made for a vengeance first rehabilitation second approach to sentencing mind you particularly when the offender has clearly been out where the buses don't run for a number of years but uh, that the authorities were negligent in their duties to the victims families is again unquestionable. On a, on a human level one can't blame them can one? I dare say if some stone bonker murdered one of my friends or relatives well, well, friends, certainly, uh, my immediate thoughts would be of dank, dripping walls, manacles, hot irons and the like, so I certainly wouldn't push any notion that there isn't that much difference between life in a nuthouse and life in Chokey too heavily, though I would imagine that both prospects are equally grim, dehumanising and ultimately soul-destroying. There's a time and a place for all that sort of chat, however, and it absolutely isn't anywhere near an horrifically bereaved relative less than 24 hours after the chap has been packed off to his padded cell. Fortunately, those poor souls will be exposed to any number of correspondents, experts and talking head twats pouring through the details of the case for a good while yet, though. And not all of these people will be acting in good faith. Most, if not all, will be using the three killings and three attempted killings to push their own agenda far more uh, than to objectively and rationally assess the facts in order to make constructive and genuine improvements to the systems that allowed the tragedy to occur. Politicians of varying hues, not that our parliament is exactly a broad spectrum these days, mind you, will, in one way or another, use it to demonise the ideology of their opponents in some way. Those whose fortunes live or die by attention or post-engagement will be gleefully shit-stirring in order to rile up controversy and clicks, and those with a vested interest in mental health or a return to those happy and crime-free days of the death penalty will be saying, I told you so, in a deafening harmony of discord. Dash it all, even a bottom-of-the-barrel podcast had better be careful. Robust satire and making a valid point is all well and good, but while we have our faults, well, I do anyway. Arkham here is, as ever, blameless and pure of heart. Uh, being an exploitative fuckstump isn't, I hope, one of them. Yet, exploitative fuckstumpery is already gathering pace, I fear. It may leave you somewhat flabbergasted, cats and kittens, but I'm afraid I can't think of any way of breaking it to you gently, so I'll just tell you that the Daily Mail looked to be leading the charge this morning by condemning the uh, provisions made for mental health under what used to be called the Care in the Community Scheme, although I dare say it has a different focus group guided title these days. Uh, in an editorial, the DM referred to a social experiment that's gone tragically wrong pointing out that, quote, this supposedly enlightened approach to people with mental illness relies upon community patients sticking to their medications. 
Troublingly, many refuse. As a result, violent incidents keep rising. Unquote. Now, and at the risk of heaping one shocking and astounding disclosure so quickly upon you after another, I should point out that I am, in fact, old enough to remember the uh, inception of the care in the community wheeze, and as I recall, it was widely criticised by those that had a fucking clue as nothing more than a Thatcherite exercise in cost-cutting, in minimising state intervention, and in pushing some spurious narrative about encouraging self-reliance and a sense of personal responsibility upon those who were arguably ill-equipped to manage either. Of course, the order of importance of those points was debatable, but what I'm pretty sure is that while cuss-cutting was inevitably at the top of the list across the board, I'm equally certain that almost nobody described the policy as being enlightened. Or if they did so, they were making Herculean efforts to keep their faces straight at the time. Yet, Thatcher being the unqualified darling of the press, only the surly malcontents of the Guardian and maybe the Mirror would have provided any coverage of the manifold objection to the plan, leaving the rest of the right-leaning media, including the Mail, to speak of what a vision it provided of a leaner, fitter economy, and to point out to their readers how much the value of their houses would increase if they no longer lived next door to a loony bin. By using the phrase social experiment here, they are, I would suggest, at the very least implying that Calacane's demented rampage was the direct result of some sort of leftist, woolly-minded, molly-coddling, namby-pambyism, the, uh, the perils of which they warned everybody about at the time. There has also been much discourse about the notion of diminished responsibility and the accountability or otherwise of a defendant with a severe mental illness. Nothing concrete there, to be honest, but it struck me uh, that the debate, or the narrative, if you will, is being built upon this assumption, just with some sort of subtle phrases being used, uh, that this is, again, some sort of bleeding-heart liberalism, probably invented in the 1960s by Moscow-funded trade union leaders and university lecturers who ripped to the tits from smoking the pot. It occurred to me that this was uh, possibly not the case, so I did a brief search and the internet seems pretty convinced that the idea that somebody might not be fully responsible for their actions by virtue of insanity dates back to the mid-19th century here in Blighty, uh, with the first criminal case in which it was used as a defence uh, being that of a cove who tried to kill Sir Robert Peel, the chap who founded the Met, and was, I think, Prime Minister later on. Of course, one uh, can say many things of, for and against the Victorian age, but woke it wasn't. So the idea that diminished responsibility is some sort of trendy liberal balderdash is not one that should be given too much traction, I fancy, particularly not during a time when so many people are willing to accept basic human rights as being some sort of luxury item or optional extra, extra without whom we could all do well without. Ah, but then again, with the full-scale European war against Russia that may, I, I, I may or may not have mentioned uh, we are being assured is all but inevitable, can we really afford scruples or a conscience? Perhaps the sooner we become brutalised and bloodthirsty, the better equipped we'll all be to join whatever harebrained dad's army that general is suggesting we must prepare for. Which reminds me, I really must get back to digging. 
So while I carefully wrap up a nun's habit in a plastic bag and do a quick inventory on the chocolate bars and stockings, you cats and kittens can enjoy the inevitable song at the end. And, if we're spared, we'll see you again next week. Until then, from myself, the Silver Fox, and Arkham, the Black and White Dog, cheerio. Shut up, pies front, you worthless cunts. I'm here to shade you for the front. I'll turn you shower into proper soldiers. You'll grow to hate my shrieking voice, but before you were my first choice, somehow I'll make you stronger and bolder. In six weeks you'll be off to war because you volunteered. You'll fight, you'll probably die once more. You won't get paid for being here. By the time your training's done, you won't be idle civvy scum. You'll be a mere machine designed to kill. Most of you are scrounging shits, lounging about on benefits. But now it's time to pay your country back. Some of you are TikTok trash, flashing your bits for easy cash. But you can't take selfies during an attack. No more cushy nine to five, you'll struggle just to stay alive. Forget about your clicks and likes, you're in full kit on a ten mile hike. Forget values like empathy, you're going to become like me. An iron hard bastard with PTSD. To the right, quick march. Right, right, right. To the right, quick march! Right, 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 right! gone soft it seems but thanks to this new brilliant scheme you will not give a toss about anything we'll fill you with a lust for glory beat you into voting tory you stand up for the anthem when you sing you kids what roamed the streets with knives were hard and kept on saying it now turn around your wasted lives Pick up this 12-inch bayonet When we win you'll glorify the men who sent you off to die Cause they're the ones who really
finally win the wars! <laughs>